California ranks 49th out of 50 states when it comes to affordable housing. Governor Gavin Newsom demanding an investigation as to why Californians pay more at the pump. Certainly when someone has a company, their job is to make the proper investment, take care of their shareholders, their employees, and the community in which they're at. And our job in government passed laws to set the bar at a, at a reasonable level. It's legal to hunt humans with 15-round, 30-round, even 150-round magazines. Today, Governor Gavin Newsom signed an executive order directing agencies to find state land that could be dedicated as temporary shelter location. We're providing health care for everyone, regardless of immigration status. If you believe in universal health care, you believe in universal health care. This is a ghost gun. This right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. 30 magazine clip in half a second. Welcome to the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just a couple of common sense California natives sharing commentary on our state's current events. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. Back more. again. Out. We, have, we have returned. And, I know. It's uh, been a little bit, but vacations and, and summer and power outages. Social and distancing, sheltering in place. It's hard to do this gig when there's no power. Uh, that too. Yeah. Blame what? PG&E. Rolling right. blackouts, you say? <laughs> Gray, Gray Davis, who? The, the amount of hate I've seen online for PG&E, which they, they can't win. I know. Uh, right? They either right. spend billions and they're responsible for people dying. Or they turn the power off to prevent that from happening, and they get screamed at. Um, does this accelerate state-controlled uh, electricity, like a state electric company? Do you feel company? it yeah. kind of already is? I know. Well, <laughs> I mean, well they already have a state organization that controls right, the electricity. So it's like a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. Right. You know, when they, when they do the rolling blackouts, it's the state agency that's the one that's saying it. Right. So, because there's a grid. And they all participate in the grid. Right. And I guess what is the solution when you have high voltage lines that go through passes and canyons <laughs> right. and they've already been shown to fall in winds and start giant fires that kill people and destroy towns? Well, obviously, dig it underground. Oh, wait, we can't do that. Yeah. Well, Salamanders. So- people have said that. I, I've seen a lot of posts and things online where people talk about even third world countries put their lines underground. Why can't we? And I'm trying to figure out how that works with the terrain. There's that. And then are we allowed to dig? What about the, the speckled frog salamander? <laughs> right. You know, thingamabob. Yeah, we can barely put out forest fires because of, <laughs> right. without bringing an arborist in to tell you what tree you can put out. <laughs> but the same people but, that support that are then wondering why we don't. Yeah. Bury power lines. Right. They can't figure it out. Cool. I, I'll give everybody just a little hint. Almost every problem in the state comes back to an issue with government. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's hard no, to no. believe. It couldn't possibly be, Louis. <laughs> They're all issues with your government. Just Whether it's the homeless problem, that's bad policy. It's the lack of housing and how expensive housing is. Mm. Bad policy. Shut up and pay your taxes, Louis. Even the mask <laughs> stuff. I, I'm so tired of all the mask stuff. But I was thinking about this the other day. 
people are like, if we only stayed home and did all these things, then everything would be fine right now. And any policy, this is just a little, a little takeaway I have. Any policy that requires 100% participation is bad policy. Correct. Because you were never going to get 100% participation. And if the out is always, if only the 30% that didn't wear a mask stayed inside or wore their mask, we'd be fine. Yeah, there's some... There, okay, obviously, I'm not a doctor. Oh, you aren't? But, only registered in Tijuana. Yeah, but that's true. My, that's, that's the, the, I have a diploma right. on my wall that says Tijuana Medical University. Just kidding. I'm a man of the cloth. I'm an ordained minister. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> right? But, yeah, the whole notion that if I wear a mask, if all, if, if a hundred percent compliance, or, you know, you also hear the similar thing. We just all need to stay home for six weeks and we'll quote unquote beat this thing. It's like the, the virus knows, Oh, these people have actually taken this seriously for six months. Okay. We're going to pack our bags and we're done. The virus is like, check out this virtue <laughs> signaling. All right. All right. I'll move on to the next country. Exactly. This is, we I, haven't even got rid of the flu. <laughs> right. So and and don't give me uh that the the flu has a uh, a vaccine. It, anything where it, you've got to get a different version of it every single year. Thank you. Not a vaccine. Let's not use that word. Measles, mumps, rubella, you get your MMR shots when you're a kid, you get your boosters done sometime throughout life. That that's a vaccine. That, that's exactly right. Um Pol- polio. Yeah, polio. <laughs> right? But not um the flu. And so why would corona be any different? Exactly. The people that are suggesting we just have to wait until. There's no until here, people. And that's coming from people, not from the people that make the decisions. Exactly. Right? And so when your neighbor says, we just got to do this until. Until what? Well, they're not a decision maker. So why would I listen to them? <laughs> right. <laughs> because Newsom told us it was just to flatten the curve, just a couple weeks. And we did all that. We're, uh, what, six months into this two-week uh, process, right? Crazy, isn't it? Just got extended, right? September extension. 10th. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. We are now in August, and this thing you started know, I don't, back I don't around think you heard, uh, March. Anybody caught, like um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they had their big speech when they got together. Oh, yes, that's right, Kamala. And She's officially part of the ticket now. And she, she went out and said, well, this has to, well you're going to have to continue wearing your mask for the next three months. I was like, well, wait, three months? When does that line up to? I don't know. Wait, let's do the math. Hold on. Middle mm-hmm. of August, three months. Is that right at the election, Bobby? It, it would seem to be right after wow. the election. <laughs> okay. I got in a debate with some friends about this a couple weeks ago. Is um, this an in-person or a Facebook? This was in-person. Okay. Even oh. better. This was one of those... No mask I'm, violations then. Huh? I'm enjoying some drinks with some people and just casually it comes up. Here like, we go. The mask stuff, you know, and, and the virus stuff. And I'm like, well... You know, I say it kind of tongue in cheek, but not. I'm like, I bet it all goes away in November. You threw the bait out there. I, the I know, there. I know. You, you, you kind of like dropped it out there, see if they took it. And I was among liberals, but not overly political. One. I mean, they don't really talk politics with me, but I know the way they lean. And it turned into this whole, all the stuff we've ever talked about. And I still maintain, if you don't give a denominator, then daily rates of whatever don't mean anything right right if twenty thousand got it today and thirty thousand got it tomorrow but you're not going to tell me how many you tested 
That right. number doesn't tell me anything because if you had 10,000 positive today and 20,000 positive tomorrow, but you doubled the amount you tested between the two days, then I would expect a doubling in the positives. But we don't ever get told what those denominators are. And then it went down the, well, you know, I, I kind of thought it was a little bit political at first, Louie, but then I saw, you know, how do you explain all the other countries? And I'm like, well... I can't explain the other countries, but I can say that most of them are opened up. That Sweden, Sweden's numbers are are tanking. They've been tanking since April. Yes. Well, I just read an article about for this. for Sweden themselves. Um, the Swedes, they really hate their prime minister for what actions he took in the forefront. To us, it looks really intelligent design. Go like, well, you were going to get hit anyway. Take it up front. Take it like a champ, and then move on, and don't hinder anybody's ability to do x y and z right but that's just not how either side is portraying it either in the affirmative or the negative so you just got to kind of take it with a grain of salt people died in sweden and it is the truth speaking of statistics my friend sent me i'm not going to get these exact percentages right so don't don't hold me to them but but it, it we're talking generally correct he sent me a survey that a group did of Americans and they, they basically wanted to get the sense how bad does the average American think this is relative, right? To what the actual statistics are. What came out of the survey was that by and large Americans think that 8% of the population, 8% of Americans have been infected. Half of those who've been infected have died. So, so right, let's apply just to 300 million, right. the easy math. Um, 10% being 30 mil, so I don't know, 26. Some, some North of 20 million people have right. been infected. Over 10 million people have died. Look, it, it's a little bit off. <laughs> it, it all goes to, let's, let's look at it from the very beginning. Where did this really start in the big metropolitan areas, L.A.? New York, San Francisco, those kind of areas. Obviously, somebody came in who was sick on a plane, affected everybody who was on there. The, it did not help that those city leaders were reassuring everybody everything was fine and just let let the population take no precautions whatsoever, and it blew out of proportions. In the early days, where was the hardest hit areas? L.A., San Francisco, Los Angeles, those areas. Then... Everything was starting to calm down. People took it easy. We were doing our little social distancing, being good little citizens, and then the riots happened. Mm, Racist. And then it became out of control again. And we saw it more so in middle America, where we go, okay, this place is going to be the next New York, and this place is going to be the next Los Angeles, and so on and so forth. So have we run through it already? Are we done? Is well, it I, ever going to go away? I mean, we're looking. Look, New Zealand. It's never going to be done. Look, New Zealand was finished. They had 100 plus days of no cases. None. They didn't have anybody coming into the country. And it just popped up again. And it's, it's getting a little wild over there. Well, okay. So, man, people bring up New Zealand a lot. Just for context. They have it easier over there. Yeah, just for context. They're an island. They're an island that is... We can use California as a rough estimate for square mileage. It's a little bit okay. less. Um, with the population of the city of Los Angeles, a little over 4 million. 
So if you took a little over four million and you spread it out all over California, and then you were able to isolate it as an island, yeah, you can get a pretty big, pretty big uh, knockdown on coronavirus. Sure, right? Um, we got we yelled at our government for closing the borders. That was racist to close the borders. Always, right? So, and with New Zealand with a new case popping up, it's because you just can't. You haven't tested everybody. Right. Right. Everything's a sample of. Well, so the way the virus works, there's just you you don't know if you have it. Yeah. You could be a carrier and not know it. Right. And that most you people think won't you have, even know they have you, it. You might think you have seasonal allergies and you're just sneezing because you uh <laughs> the flowers make your nose tickle. I have this this little article from Newsweek. It came out on eight three, August third. And the title is Sweden, COVID-19 death rate lower than Spain, Italy, and UK, despite never having lockdown. And just the the cliff notes, uh, as of Sunday, this would be, you know, whenever that reference was on 8.3, the latest death rate in Sweden, deaths per 100,000 people, was reported to be 56. The figure is lower than reported in the UK at 69, Spain at 60, and Italy at 58. Uh, The UK currently has the world's fourth highest death toll goes on to say that um, new infections per 100,000 people in Sweden reported in the past 14 days dropped 46% compared to that reported in the 14 days prior, according to the latest, uh, sun, according to the latest study by the World Health Organization. It goes on to basically say that since April, they've been on a decline. Right? So... The, but look, we've already we've already established this virus is really smart, right? <laughs> so it must know it doesn't attack protesters. That's exactly right. Um, it must know the demographic of their country because the virus is racially biased. I mean, these things are known. Yep, you know, simple. And it did not affect the nursing homes in New York City. It did not <laughs> by send by forcing nursing homes and skilled nursing facilities to take sick patients in that didn't do anything. Not at all. If you ever wanted a perfect example of how and, and, and why it's true that politicians will never admit that they made a mistake in reverse course, look no further than the Blasio Cuomo and the nursing home situation. I mean, the facts are beyond solid there's no other explanation, and neither gentleman will apologize, admit they should have done something different. So anytime anyone is looking for something in their state, county, whatever, to reverse course, and it depends on politicians admitting that they were wrong and need to change, it, it's not going to happen. And this right there is proof. Well, and then you see it carry over into how we're going to vote on Election Day, right? You see the bigger picture in all of this. Right. So when somebody can straight up look at me and say, I don't think it's political, you have to be kidding me. Oh. I, that same week, um, I had noticed on CNN, on Anderson Cooper, right after uh, Herman Cain died. Yes. They were... R.I.P. Anderson Cooper was talking to whoever he was interviewing. I forget, they're, they're one of their expert doctors. And he goes... He had just attended a Trump rally a few weeks ago. Is there any way it could be connected to that? Like, the stretch there is, you'll never know. You'll never be able to figure that out. Of course. Even suggesting it just makes it political. Right. Like, uh, the suggestion is he got it from the Trump rally. And and 
but Trump's even willing to kill his friends, right? So <laughs> that right there, just tell, I mean, it's just blatantly, let me find this stretch, you know? But fear not, because the Democrats have put together a phenomenal ticket. It's a dream team. A dream team come November. So all of our concerns and worries about all of this politicking and and just anger that's out there, it's going to go away, guys. We're on a good path. Build back better. Is that wait wait? wait that's that, his actual campaign slogan. Are you are you serious? Yes, it's terrible. Build back better. I, I don't even. You haven't even heard of it. No, I guarantee you, nobody even heard of it. No, because it's terrible. That is horrendous. It's terrible. <laughs> Whose slogan? <laughs> it's terrible. Wow. Well, well we could I'm, have had some different slogans, and of course, meme land has been uh, the village. This just you could have just played this. Yeah. Friendly is hometown. Hit it, Joe. The village. One of the greatest clips ever. America's friendly is hometown. Get the high note. Get the high note. Village. Little flat. So little flat. So they've already started shopping around Kamala's uh, Senate seat. I mean, um, thinking about who (laughs) they will replace. Are you are you hinting at like a Blagojevich sort of Mm, scenario? Oh heavens no. Heavens no. I mean, geez, what kind of a state and what kind of a governor do you think we have? Speaking of which, yeah, let's get into our first subject. <laughs> the governor. He's in trouble. trouble. Well, no, again, he's he's an angel. He's totally benevolent in the way that he lords over all of us. He cares for us. He wants to do what's best for us. So given that, please continue, Bobby. From redstate.com. Gavin Newsom's $3.7 million estate was gifted to him in 2019. Three months later, he got a $2.7 million tax-free cash out. Mm-hmm. One thing that's become extraordinarily clear to Californians in 2020 is that there's one set of rules for Governor Gavin Newsom and there's another set of rules for the rest of us. He preaches that we're all in this together and that we have to sacrifice to meet this movement, yet he's not missing a paycheck. As California businesses struggle, he sends a $1 billion contract for masks to, Cal- to a Chinese company when he shut down wineries throughout uh, California. He kept his open. While the dream of owning a home is increasingly out of reach for California families, it appears that Newsom received a $3.7 million estate from an LLC owned by his cousin. Then, a few months later, took out a $2.695 million tax-free cash-out mortgage on it, and it didn't report the gift on any of his financial disclosure forms. You're being bamboozled, folks. Hmm. During the eight years that Gavin Newsom served as California's lieutenant governor, he and his family still lived a few hours from Sacramento in their $4.5 million Bay Area compound throughout the 2018 gubernatorial campaign. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't commit to moving his family to the Capitol. Days before the January 7, 2019 swearing-in ceremony, Newsom announced that his family would be moving into the governor's mansion, which wasn't true at all. Unbeknownst to the public, an LLC owned by... Newsom's cousin mm. had already purchased an estate in Fair Oaks on December 21st, 2018. Pretty close, right? It's only to a what... six bed, 10 bath. Only. <laughs> Weak. 
Mm-hmm. So wait, wait, but about three weeks, right? About, two, two, yeah, two, three weeks. Two, three weeks, yeah, yep. give or take. Okay. Uh, enough time to notify the movers, of I would think. Of yeah. course. Uh, a few weeks later, the Sacramento Bee had apparently tipped off to an LLC's purchase. According to a January 17, 2019 story, when the reporter contacted the governor's office for comment, his spokesman confirmed that the Newsons had would be moving to the Fair Oaks property as soon as renovations were completed. <laughs> renovations. Mm. And that the estate was much more kid-friendly than the governor's mansion. Yeah, that's why. That's why. So, I'm sure the White House isn't very kid-friendly, but they still live there. Well, the uh, Baron doesn't live there. He lives in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he only visits when he's got the answer. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so, yeah, good for him. Get out of the out of the light. Just nobody really cares for Baron Trump. It's probably more for his protection. Yeah, just leave it be, man. Anywho, okay. So we've got a problemo here for the governor. So. For those of you who are wondering what's the problem yeah, right. here, um, he's the governor, and that's the problem. You have financial disclosure forms you have to report. Oh, you mean like transparency? Mm. You've got to let people know what you're doing if they voted for you? Right. Wow. Now, it is not against the law to have an LLC buy your home for you. It's Right. People do it. It's done a lot. It's done a lot for rentals. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, for liability Celebrities purposes. do it all the time to, you know, That, frankly, is a pretty... Name. That's a pretty common approach, yeah. I'd say. You know, they, they don't want people snooping around like Oprah didn't want people knowing her address and that kind of thing. It's fair. Yeah. That's so right. So, it's, it's totally fair. It's totally within the law. However, right. if you own the LLC... Right. You have to dec- disclose it. It's an asset that it's you own. Asset. The LLC I mean. is. Now, the LLC, again, may own assets below it but you own the llc got to declare it now fair enough the if you own the llc you you can transfer that property into your name sure sure why not now if you do that there's a four thousand dollar tax transfer that you get for on top of that well when they calculate it out for his for, for his that deed. size of a yeah. state sure it's four thousand dollars for gavin Newsom, no big deal uh, but he didn't pay that Meaning that, I guess he doesn't own. That's right. This? So then that brings in the question: Who was the owner of the LLC mm-hmm. to begin with? So, well, and let's take a step back. The LLC doesn't have, may not have an owner per se, right? So, no, without getting yeah. super technical, sure, sure, it could sure. be multiple members. That's right. Yeah, Mo- i.e., multiple owners, so to speak, right. of this members or owners of yeah. this right. entity. It's, yeah, members in an LLC is what it is. Owners right. in a company. That's right. So there could be multiple members of the LLC, or you could be a single member. Totally fair. LLC. That's right. But of course, in the filings for the LLC, he was not listed as a member. Tricky. Tricky. Oversight. Yeah. Does it tell us what the name of the LLC is? It's the uh, name of the property. No. It, uh, it, my it, understanding is called the, uh, since the name of the LLC is the street address of the Fair Oaks property. Gotcha. They said it's a fair assumption that the LLC's only purpose was to purchase the property. That's yeah. that's. I thought I had it somewhere down here. Um, anywho, thank you. I think it's the name of the property or the, the street address or something like that. Well, it leads me to believe that maybe there's other things that he's a member of that we are not aware. No, 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 no. Of. Again, oversight on his part, mm-hmm. and this was the 
only thing that he had just a lapse of judgment on. He's a politician. come on. He's a politician. He cares for all of us. He's totally open and transparent. And he's benevolent. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. So, as it goes, if he owns the property, mm-hmm. one must assume he's been paying property taxes on it. Mm. It's another oversight, unfortunately, mm. and no taxes have been paid. In response, the governor said that his mortgage company is the one who is responsible for paying the taxes. Okay. And it's their fault they haven't been paid. Sure. Yeah. Not a bad uh, excuse to try and lay off the blame, but still. I mean, you got you to gotta throw that ball down the field. See if they catch it. You know? <laughs> oh. So what, what, what is really happening here is corruption in the grand scale, where this is the thing that I've been talking about for a very, very long time. The Democrats have a mafia, and they pass along these business entities to their own family members, their mothers, their fathers, their brothers and sisters, and what whatever else they can, so that they can hide what they're actually doing mm-hmm. and how they're getting paid off. Mm-hmm. It's very, very scary stuff. It's scary, be- primarily, at least my way of thinking, mm-hmm. It's scary because we're literally in the dark. You don't know, to your point, you don't know what other LLCs this gentleman has, let alone what's inside of those LLCs. Right? Right. I mean, that's where this gets really scary. Now, this is not the first time Gavin Newsom has done something similar. Ah, uh, yes. We're back to 03 or something. That's right. Yes, very good. He failed to report $11 million real estate and business loan over a four-year period. Mm. <laughs> Just that little $11 million loan. <laughs> Just a little. You know. Oops. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> so, so on the LLC statement of information, which you have to file every couple of years just to mm-hmm. make sure it's all updated, he just listed Jeremy Scherer. As the only member of that LLC, so yeah, correct. Being held you have to file that. You have to file that. We have to file. But, but these people are different. They yeah, you have to file but, it whether you change information or you don't change. You just file a statement that you didn't change. Filing it's for the little people, though. Yes, that's what we're learning here. Yes. So, if he becomes a member, mm-hmm. walk me through this, John. He becomes a member. Can he just become a member of the LLC because he feels like it? Well, there would have, let's say he wasn't, mm-hmm. and then he now was, mm-hmm. a gift took place. Still a gift, right? Somehow he got like ownership in this thing. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't yeah, so I pay for it. Now, if, if, you, if you became a member of the LLC, you are subject to its profits and losses. Right. So, right. Either you take it for the loss or right. you take it for the profit. Like either way, something and then it becomes just what the percentage is. Right. Right. So all of which though are are declarable, needing to be disclosed. Yeah, I'm well here. If you want to continue to wag your finger at the president for not disclosing <laughs> his his uh income tax statements when he wasn't even president. 
then you should be even more forthright and transparent with all your dealings, whether or not they might not have a specific form to write them down on, right? I mean, pretty much. You might just want to say, hey, just in the effort to be super transparent, because that's what we're, we believe in, um, I also belong to these LLCs that own my home and wrap it up. And on its face, it's not a big deal. A lot of property is in an LLC to shield the owner from liability. Rentals do this all the time. If somebody gets hurt at your rental, you want to make sure they can't come after everything else you own in your personal home and everything right. else. Beyond the rental. Right. right. So then they would just be limited to the liability of the rental mm-hmm. because they'd sue the LLC. Mm-hmm. This is not uncommon. People do it with all sorts of stuff. Yep. Um, yep. So that part on its face is it's not like the property is making him money per se. Right. Right. It's it's not a business as we think of it. But if you're then going to turn around and cash it out and not declare the cash out, that's where the problem is. Right. I mean, if if he just had if he just was a member of an LLC of his own home, I don't think that's a huge I would agree. problem. I would agree. But if he's using that as some kind of uh way to facilitate skirting financial reporting laws, that's a whole nother deal. Which this reeks a little bit of, if if I'm being honest. Well, there's there's an argument. There's an argument that if his cousin decided to gift him the house. Say, okay, back up. His cousin owned it, let's say, right? Because mm-hmm. his cousin formed the LLC. His co- so his cousin was the sole member of the LLC, i.e. owned whatever the LLC owned, which was the house. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying, let's say his cousin said, oh, here you go. Super nice cousin, new governor. Here's the house. Congratulations on being governor. Here's the house. Right. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You're saying if he did that, yeah. then a oh, gift then, just occurred. Then a gift just occurred. Wow. It's, it's a difference in reporting. However, the gift came from the LLC, so therefore... It's a gift. It's a gift. And it exceeds the $500 limit by just a little bit. Basically, what you're saying is... If he did one thing, fine, you needed to report it this way. Or if you did this other thing, fine, you needed to report it that way. In either case. But you didn't report anything. You didn't report any of it. And one of those two things happened. Mm-hmm. So, so it's either tax evasion <laughs> or bribery. Pick your choice. Uh, be quiet. Uh, Trump. Trump bad. Trump bad. I, I'll also add, and I'm not any kind of um, legal entity expert or anything like that. I've just set up my own LLC and... The, it could be very, it could be worthwhile to have the cousin be the sole member of the LLC because the government has said, if you, if you cross that boundary between your personal life and that LLC and you pierce the corporate veil, they say, you don't enjoy the protections. Fair. That's right. It's a lot easier to have protections when you have a multi-member LLC, even if you just put your buddy on it at 5%. That's right. And you have 95%. It at least shows there are two people involved, and it's harder to say it's just another extension of your piggy bank. Makes sense. So it's even more, people do this with their spouses and things like that. It's even more protection if you just put it in someone else's name. Right. But then they, they own it. Right. <laughs> and then that's, to it, which, it protects here, you even more. Here comes to that point, too. I, I, I think this article also suggested again. Not being a... Rainbows and butterflies and 
all those cases and not and being a legal fine, and not huh? being a legal expert not yeah. on any of this stuff i'm not um but if he so so if his cousin owned it and he and didn't gift it and he lived there well now he's getting the rent the right. foregone rent that he owes right. he should as be paying a gift. rent to the LLC. and if he's not fine that's a gift and you have to disclose that gift <laughs> i mean maybe not a bad hit if it's somewhere you think you'll be temporarily to technically rent from yourself. That's right. Right. I don't know if there's tax advantage to that. Uh, when you own it, you can write off your interest. But, and then if you plan on leaving in four or five, six years or sure. whatever, right? If sure. you are a politician or something, and then you can continue renting it to someone else sure. or sell it or whatever. It's not, I don't it's know not the that scheme. The, that's but, right. But don't, don't come down on um, the 1% for taking advantage of the tax code. And then wag your finger at everyone yeah. when you are setting up LLCs and shells just to facilitate all this. Yeah, ragging on capitalism, which this, which most of this stuff is, is well, yeah, ragging on capitalism, and then taking the avenues that you need to to maximize <laughs> right. capitalism or get into crony capitalism. That just falls on deaf ears. I get, people, I get more annoyed with that angle than I do yeah. on the non-disclosure. I get more ignored, uh, more annoyed from the righteous That's indignation right. of these people. That's right. When they turn around and they all do it themselves. That's right. There's a, um, I'm going to uh, go down a different path. Let's stay on our good, dear leader, yes. Fascist Newsom. Perfect. We all remember when coronavirus started happening and the uh, state legislature just gave... Gavin Newsom a billion dollars just to do what he pleases. Well, with with the, the masks, that's right. You were the Chinese masks. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, it came out on who he gave the money to. Uh oh. Okay. It's a company called Build Your Dreams. I'm doing <laughs> that right now. I'm building my dreams. This is good. Uh, ticker symbol BYD. It is a Isn't that Chi- beyond. <laughs> <laughs> it is a um, Chinese manufacturer that happens to be blacklisted at the moment. Because they are interesting folk, like financial fraud. Mm. There's a couple of those these days on the stock on the stock exchanges. It seems Chinese companies Is that that on the Chinese exchange. I believe so. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Because on, on ours, it's Boyd Gaming Corporation. Oh, got it. Uh, yeah, I think it's on the Hong Kong or something okay. like that. I don't know, but somewhere and it, it build, mentions it. <laughs> build your <laughs> dreams. They Not are masks dreams. They are an electric car manufacturer, so people are interested in throwing money at these electric car manufacturers left and right, and they don't care whether they're going to produce a good car or not. Because they're hoping that the stock goes up like Tesla's went up. I think that's where they're pegging it. And you're telling us our governor gave our money to them? Yes. Why? Well, they said that they would convert their machinery to produce the masks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. It was awesome. <laughs> did like did they do thing. it? I, I, I've been looking. I've been looking to see if they managed to give it to us. But I don't know if we actually received anything from it. I, I don't know this. No one has reported that there was a box with their logo on it that we got. So a billion dollars sent to a car manufacturer who was going to be converting their equipment to make masks, which uh, not unheard of, right? We we had the president was coming down GM, on GM and stuff to make to ventilators. Make ventilators. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Sure. I mean, there is an element of okay. But did we receive the goods we paid for? <laughs> right. And why would you turn around and buy it from the country that accused us of giving them coronavirus? Yeah. He's building, so... Louis, he's building bridges here. <laughs> he's building bridges. You got to alliterate that a little bit more. You got to come up with a... <laughs> well, BYD, his campaign actually got $40,000 from these people. Ooh, the, no. plot, the plot thickens. No. Seems like kind of a scratch my back, and I'll scratch yours. That's a big scratch for forty grand. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Did this? This was back in twenty eighteen when he was running. Um. Yes. yes okay. Yeah, okay. Um. They also are recipients, and I don't think it's a really associated. Um. That they got a three million dollar tax credit incentive for putting a manufacturing business in the LA area. I was going to say, did they build, they built a plant or something? Did they coordinate with the LA city council on that? (laughs) (laughs) Was our, you say, you mean the guy with the briefcase of money at the casino? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it all, it all, (laughs) it all keeps coming full circle. Think about, I mean, just step back for a second. Obviously we're, we're talking about all this stuff and have been, Think about the conversations we've just had about the politicians in our state. We can't tell if money that went to a Chinese manufacturer for masks is corrupt. Not to mention, did they, when they built the plant in Los Angeles, use a corrupt city council politician who got briefcases worth of cash? Where are we? What are we doing? Yeah, because, I mean, you've got L.A. city councilman, uh, who is it, Jose Huzar? Yes, yes. Who was, you know, he's basically going to be convicted of a giant Chinese real estate corruption scheme in the city of LA by uh, manipulating the plan department and quid pro quo scratch my back stuff. And then you've got Newsom gets 40 grand from this Chinese company that he turns around and buys a billion dollars in product from with taxpayer money. And then they are going to build a plant in the city of Los Angeles or the LA area. And people, how does that not, Open your eyes, people. People need to wake up if they don't realize why China does not want, like, Trump. It's a relative thing. I'm not going to say, because I don't know. I'm not going to say it's all perfection and crystal clear with even Republicans in the Trump administration and China. But in a relative sense, if people don't understand why China would want a Biden-Kamala ticket that then would flow down to other liberal states like California. I, I, this is so obvious. I hear these people say this stuff to me all the time. I, some, someone said it the other day on Facebook. They're like, I travel all over the world for work. We're the laughing stock of the world. All these leaders hate Trump. And it's like, yeah, of course they do. Oh, yeah, the leaders? Why, why, they hate why would I care what they think? <laughs> He's trying to get the best for me, not the best for their country. The last time I cared what... Angela Merkel thought about right. how I do things or you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I could care less. And I'm like, that. that's not a good, I, I'm not a globalist first of all. So <laughs> right. I don't care. Being In f- fact, that probably tells me he's doing something right. <laughs> exactly. All right. I, not to mention, look at applications for decades of immigrants wanting to come into the country. We, we average a million a year. There must be something about us so whoever's laughing at us, they must be in the minority because a whole lot of people want to come here. A friend of mine said that the other day to me. He's like, most countries that people hate or where there's 
massive police brutality or injustice or racism, people are actively clawing their way out of that country. They're not actively trying to get into the country at a rate of a million immigrants a year. That's exactly right. We're we're in serious trouble. We, We talked about the budget that they passed earlier on a few months ago, and that was, what, like two months into the coronavirus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we were $54 billion short? No, this is this is going to be ugly. I, I don't know. We we were just told the piggy bank is dry, right? Isn't That was this whole thing. Yeah. The piggy bank's empty. <laughs> I, I don't know where we're going with this anymore. I, I just don't know. I don't get it. Does he want a full collapse so we can go full communist? Is look, that- the, look the, the, the biggest thing I can understand... Or, or again, the way my brain wraps around this is, inf- it seems like inflicting un- uncomfort, di- excuse me, inflicting discomfort, pain, irritation until November. Now, our state. Look, let's be honest. There's n- there's not a shot at all of this state going red. Would you guys even agree? Even I mean, with, I, even with the conversation we just had agreed. about how corrupt the the this, governor is, this ain't going red. So why? I mean, I I fully can imagine that there is a collusion amongst blue state senators, mm. excuse me, blue state governors, knowing the economic power that their states have over the federal economy in general, and the more pain that they can inflict, and the more of a shutdown that can occur in their states affecting the overall numbers for the nation and unemployment and a slowdown in the economy, some sort of effort from that for him to lose in November and Biden, uh, Harris to win. But eventually you got to pay the piper. Right. But here's, so, so then take it one next step. If they're successful, it's an all in gamble. If they're successful and Biden Harris are in it's blank check time. Biden and Harris will, without blinking, turn around to Gavin Newsom and say, sweet, what do you need? What do you need to shore up the coffers for the pensions? What's your shortcoming in your budget that we will slip under the heading of coronavirus relief? I see it as an all-in gamble. I mean, you can see it with Nancy Pelosi's stupid, ridiculous bill in which she's keeping money away from... uh all the regular folk who still haven't gotten their jobs back yet. Exactly. I mean, this is just a game, and it's a terrible game. Get, well, well, if, and that's a huge if, if that's the game, and if, slash win, just my opinion, but if and when Trump wins in November, then they failed in that gamble, and that now that would be ugly time. Well, it would turn around into Trump is refusing to give us coronavirus relief. Correct. Because a lot of pork would be wrapped into that. Oh, big time. Big time. What's on your Santa Claus list then? Yeah. <laughs> what can we fund for you today? But I just Tell see me. I just see this as a huge bet on Biden, Harris, and them handing out blank checks to blue states. If they win in November. So now it's a double down of what do we need to do? Even if our state is going to vote blue, what can we do as a state to inflict the most 
pain and irritation on people across the nation so that they will vote Biden-Harris. I think, honestly, I know that sounds conspiratorial to some, but I think there's a lot to that. Basically, burn it all down. Right. Economically. Yeah. Until November. You know, and, and, then what, the, and then the printing presses can... Well, what's sad is you have to bookend it with, it sounds conspiratorial. It doesn't. I mean, if you just look at the facts on their face, you can see right. that the the cash register just keeps racking up the money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I agree with that. These Democrats are such in their head. They believe, just like Hillary, they couldn't possibly fathom someone... Uh, people voting for someone else because I'm the best. I mean, what do you, I, I'm just the best. So that's how uh, Newsom and everyone else think is, well, Trump can't possibly lo- uh, win again because, I mean, look, look at all the smoke we pumped up. <laughs> but as you see these uh, FBI officials come down in indictments. Oh, which, you, which we're just getting into and that. And you start now. unraveling the onion of how much of the last four years was just bunk and smoke screens. Then you see, well, there's, there's probably a giant chunk of people that will vote for him. And California won't get the bailout they're gambling on. A little bit of a side question, yeah. but since, we're, since Trump is now coming into this discussion. Um, you guys think the same problem with the polls this time as last time? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, the uh, the the poll you should really be looking at is the the question they ask was, "Who do you think your neighbor's going to vote for?" Is that the one they ask? Mm-hmm. There's oh. a new. There's that's how they that's how they better assessed uh, the feeling because what they were asking people was, "Who are you going to vote for?" And people were lying. They're like, "I don't want to vote for." I'm Say voting for Biden. For, yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, so. But they kind of trick people into like, well, who do you think your neighbor's going to vote for? When have they started asking that? Well, they asked that actually the last election cycle and then... um, 2018, you mean? uh, Or 16? 16. Really? Yeah. um, They they started asking that one and they they went backwards in time to re-look at that and said, if we base it on that kind of thinking... It was accurate? It was more accurate. Yeah. So are they asking that this time? Yes, they are. And uh, you would... For those of you listening, you're going to have to go look for that kind of poll. I can't cite you that one right off the top of my head. But uh, I'm sure that changes every single day. But you're saying that poll is probably different results than the ones we keep seeing on right. CNN. Like, and, and the, the flat out who you're going to vote for, Trump or Biden. That, that poll is junk. That's probably junk. Yeah. The poll you really want is who Who's do you your think? your neighbor is going to vote for. So last month, Cato Institute uh, conducted a poll and a study. They found that 62% of Americans say they have political views they're afraid to share. 62? Yeah. Yeah, that makes and sense. And so the, this little paragraph, strong liberals stand out, however, as the only political group who feel they can express themselves. No surprise. Nearly 6 in 10 or 58% of staunch liberals feel they can say what they believe. However, centralist liberals feel differently. A slim majority, 52% of liberals, feel they have, a self, they have to self-censor as do 64% of moderates and 77% of conservatives. Of course. This demonstrates that political expression is an issue that divides the Democratic coalition between centrist Democrats and their left flank. Um, so this whole study basically says, 
boils down. 50% of strong liberals support firing Trump donors. 36% of strong conservatives support firing Biden donors. And it's got a ton of data and information uh, that that basically outline conservatives won't really tell you who they're going to vote for in public. 32% worry their political views could harm their employment. Um, I thought you were going to say harm them. Like you look I, at Portland. Yeah, <laughs> Well, unbeknownst to Democrats in general, they're unaware that their constituents have eyes and ears, <laughs> and they can actually see what's happening in Portland and Seattle and the like, and they go, oh, I don't want that happening here. You think, you think that connection's getting made? I, the, I, would, li- I, I would like to think that's true. The obvious gaslighting that's occurring, I, I think a lot of centrists like in that poll really? look at it and go, Come on, man! Really? What are you doing? Do you really? Yeah, I think I think that, and it was it was very true the last presidential cycle, and I think it's more so true now, where they look at it all and they go, "Yep, fake news right in front of my face, right where I can see it." Like, why? Why are you not covering these stories? It's that black and white. Young Americans are also more likely than older Americans to support punishing people at work for personal donations to Trump. 44% of Americans under 30 support firing executives if they donate to Trump. This share declines to 22% among those over 55 years old, a 20-point difference. An age gap also exists for Biden donors, but is less pronounced. Um, 27% of Americans... Under 30 support firing executives who donate to Biden compared to 20% of those over 55. The fact that you would even support the firing of somebody based on their political donations is crazy. Unbelievable. Then again, fascism, you say? (laughs) Then again, all we've been seeing is crazy in these downtown. Absolute craze. Beyond crazy. I don't know. More craziness. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know. Swoosh me. From the San Francisco Chronicle, California wealth tax could become first of its kind in U.S. under new proposal. I would argue a property tax is a form of wealth tax, but yep, yep. But let's go on. A group of state lawmakers on Thursday proposed a first-in-the-nation state wealth tax that would hit about thirty thousand California residents and raise an estimated. $7.5 billion for the general fund. The tax rate would be 0.4% of net worth, exclusively directly held real estate that exceeds $30 million for single and joint filers and $15 million for married filing separately. California is facing a big budget deficit because of the health and economic crisis brought on by the coronavirus and we can't simply rely on austerity measures to close it, said Rob Bonta, Democrat from Oakland. Oakland. Okay. Lead author of AB2088, we must consider revenue generation. Yeah, I love that. We can't simply rely on austerity measures. No, no, no. You won't. Mm-hmm. You, you can. You can. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to. <laughs> he admitted the union-sponsored bill will not be heard before the legislature adjourns August 31st, but it can be reintroduced one on day one of the next session. So 
hold on to your butts for that one. Oh, the the chances of that being reintroduced are like 110%. Bonta said he would like to see a wealth tax passed in addition in addition to the millionaires tax sure, why proposed not? in a bill introduced in late July AB1253 which would add surcharges of 1% to incomes joint or single between roughly 1 million and 2 million. 3% on income between 2 million and 5 million and 3.5% on income greater than 5 million, bringing the top rate to 16.8%. California's top rate today is 13.3%, which is already the highest in the nation. John Lafferker? Yeah. Big time? I mean, we're seeing it, are we not? We're seeing it not by, yeah. Okay, the Laffer Curve, right? Just Laffer right, Curve you want 101. You to throw it down? Laffer Curve 101. Art Laffer, who I think during the Reagan administration, an economist, he proposed this idea of, look, there's an actual curve of when you look at tax rate on, let's think of a chart or a graph. Tax rate is on the x-axis. Total tax revenue based on that tax rate is on the y-axis. And he said tax revenue, the, 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 the curve itself, is actually like a half circle. There's a peak somewhere in the middle. If your tax rate is 1%, let's say, you don't, you don't generate that much tax revenue. If your tax rate's 99%, let's say, you also don't generate that much. The, the idea being that you think it's going to be a straight line. Correct. 45 degrees. That's exactly. You think that each... Each percent increase of tax rate means more revenue, and that's not true. People find it. Look, it's the free market. People find alternatives. They move. In the case of California, they move out of state. In the case of the federal government, we saw with corporate tax rates, they move tax generating entities offshore, keep the money offshore. Right. All of this stuff. So what you're really looking at is, and Art Laffer said this in the Laffer Curve, is you're trying to find how much you can decrease the tax rate and maintain the same or maybe even more tax revenue as you continue to decrease the rate. Right, because the theory is is if you tax 1%, you don't collect enough tax. Correct. And if you tax, we'll say 100%, then people stop working (laughs) because all their money goes to the government. So. Somewhere in the middle, you have the optimum rate of people still contributing and the government still getting what they need and people not dropping off in there. That's right. Now, the fun part about this wealth tax is they will tax you even if you leave. And they will continue to do so for 10 years. (laughs) You can't even escape death and taxes. I'm not sure how this passes the muster of any sort of court challenge. I mean, you're you're talking about reaching over literally time and space. Right? You're you're talking about going out into the future for someone who's in a completely different state. That's right. And you're going to pull back their taxes on the assets that. Yeah, and what what is their obligation to the state well, if they're not here living in the <laughs> state? Well, well yeah. not only that, but this wealth tax in it, of itself. It taxes things that are not held in property here in the state of California. So, I don't know, a stock 
that's registered from the New York Stock Exchange or registered in Delaware. The company is registered in Delaware. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm playing with the game here. How do you tax that? At what rate do you qualify that that stock at? It, it's, it's an absurd thing. You own a piece of property in somewhere in Europe. And, and that's and you and you get taxed on that too because you are wealthy, sir. I think about so athletes and musicians kind of have the same issue where you have to pay income tax in every state that you have what they call a nexus, right? You did business there. When you're an athlete, you have to pay a percentage of your income to the percentage you made when you're in whatever state. So let's say you play baseball. And you are, uh, you know, you play for uh, the Astros. Boo. Boo. Yeah. When you come to Los Deserve Angeles. To get beamed, by the way. Right. When you come to Los Angeles and play the Dodgers or the Angels, whatever percentage your salary came out of those games in California, you have to pay that percentage to the state. And then when you go play in another state, you got to do that too. This has always been the argument for LA teams. We have a lot of baseball teams or in California teams. They pay higher income tax because you've got the Padres, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Giants, the A's. Mm. You are playing a big chunk of your schedule within the high income area of California. Absolutely. Whereas you could have teams in states that don't charge an income tax. And they're playing a lot of games at home in a non-income tax state. And they actually make more than someone playing in California. We saw it with the Bryce Harper trade. That's right. a classic example. Right. He did the math and realized, well, if I go to the Giants or the Padres or anybody over here, I'm going to lose a lot of money just in tax versus just going to the, the Phillies and paying less money in tax. Because he did the math on how many games I would be playing in California. Right, A lot. <laughs> yeah, so if you take like the Dodgers and you've got all your home games plus all the Giants, Padres couple series, mm-hmm. plus the Freeway series, the Angels, you you give a lot of money to the state. So then what happens, those people had some nexus in California. Are they stuck having to pay California for the next 10 years once they're done Absolutely. playing in California? Crazy. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Let me go down the list here on what they have. Uh it includes items of stocks in a publicly or privately traded C corporation or an S corporation, interest in any partnership. I'm looking at you, Gavin Newsom. Interest in any private equity or hedge fund, interest in any non corporate businesses, bonds, and interest bearing savings accounts, cash. Hold on. So we basically we used big words to summarize every kind of entity. That's right. Mm-hmm. C corps and S corps, mm-hmm. partnerships, mm-hmm. sole proprietorships. I Did you have so. in there? Um, was one of the last ones you just read. Had bonds? No, before that? Uh, interest in any non-corporate business. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Right. So yeah. basically, uh, and there's your LLC in there too. Sure. So um, anything. Or, or, any, any, anything. Any sort any of kind business of dealings, enterprise. Uh, you, you fall into this bucket. Farm assets. Interest oh, in mutual course. funds. So everyone's pension. Here's 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 the fun part. Or, uh, now, see, retirements. Now see, I, I think say. that's a big one for them. See, they see these people because because right, just just as a quick overview, 
if I've been living and working in California my whole life and I've been contributing to my 401k, I've been getting a state deduction for that 401k. And then you've got people right when they turn about 65 to 70, move to Texas or Florida. And when they take their money out, no state tax on the money they take out, only federal. And California, they gave these tax breaks over decades. <laughs> here comes more. So You're instead, instead of trying to make the product good enough to stay here, we'll just figure out how to keep giving you the RAM good when business. you leave. Good business. Put on call options. Oh, come on. What? Futures contracts. Basically just say anything involving money. Like that's what yes, they just That's said. where they went with this, yeah. Uh, real property and intangible property. So if you own a patent, for example. Everything. Congratulations. Yeah, but, but, Louis, but, but it only affects a small amount of people now. That's And what, what the estimated, well, AB 2088, the one that is the um, uh, wealth tax, that's supposed to generate $7.5 billion. Right? Uh, did they say what this AB twelve fifty three, this this other one? Well, that's just going to be new income tax. It's right? just a new income tax. Yeah. We're going to raise the income tax on on the. Did they even wealthy. estimate what that one's going to? Uh, wasn't going to raise that much. Yeah, we're talking about half that, billions. Or that's what's hilarious no, about but, this. But it's the it's the wedge. We see it with the gas tax. No, that's right. I just need to get a little bit of policy with, with what seems like an inconsequential amount of money, a little tiny percent. Get it in your brain that this is brain, how we're doing this. And then every this. year we'll just keep ramping that up. And then people get to the point where they're just so stupid that they eventually vote on legislation to amend it. That lets them ramp it up every year without even a vote. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Prop 13 in November is for quote-unquote only commercial properties. If you don't think that in the next five to 10 years, they're not going to start means testing private property, personal homes, and doing the same thing, you're, you're insane. This is coming for that. But to your point, this is the wedge. Commercial, business is bad. Business owners, property owners, evil, mean. They charge rents. We, 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 that's the new thing, right, during the, the coronavirus I'm paying my mortgage. I'm I'm paying my rent to the property owner. Don't I deserve an ownership portion in the property? Right. Yeah. That's like the new argument, right? So uh, the, while absorbing none of the loss, <laughs> right. you, 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 had, you had mentioned the, the millionaires tax and yeah. how much that's going to generate. Yeah. Um, as as opposed to the wealth tax that we were talking. Oh about. no, of course. Yeah. Um, what happened this year to our budget? The fifty-four billion dollars shortfall has a lot to do with how we live and die on our taxes and our tax rate in the state. It's a great point. So the argument being that, well, we'll just put the burden again on the wealthiest of the Californians. Well, it didn't work too well this year, and we were warned specifically by the treasurer, if we have an economic downturn, this is what's going to happen, and we're all going to be eating beans out of a can. And now... Because of AB 2088, you can see they are ticked at the number of U-Haul trucks headed <laughs> east, right? On top of that, you've got, you know, this is going to be the trend. You've got Google already saying they're going to be remote working until next summer. Uh, yeah. And you've got people saying, well, why the hell am I living in, 
in the Bay Area then and paying a premium when I can go back to Montana. That's right. I, I'm, I myself, remotely. I'm remote till the end of the year and it'll probably yeah. be extended after that. Right. Yeah. So on, uh, on top of everything, you've got the Silicon Valley, the startups, all the people that have a chunk of money, even if it might be for a small amount of time before they fold. Right. That they're leaving the state too because why I don't need to be in the state to do business here or to work right. for my employer, right? I mean, you're going to see that even more. People just aren't going to live here. Totally. Why? Why? Right? That's the question that's starting to be asked. If I don't have to go into this office building every day, okay, now that causes me to review. It, it opens up flexibility I'm not and taking options. the kids to school. Right. Yeah. So then you begin to look at, so where am I right now? I'm in, I'm stepping over piles of human feces as I was walking to work. What, what am I doing? Uh, a good friend of a friend of mine, I don't know this this other person, but he was telling me, uh, he had a buddy call him. He's like, hey, I've been talking to you in a while. He's like, yeah, we moved to Hawaii. He's like, that's random. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, the kids are remote learning all year and we have remote jobs and we just were renting our house out now and we just decided to move to Maui for the year. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> You're going to ride out the apocalypse? Might as well be yeah. riding some waves. It's like leper colony over there. Yeah, he's like, we're still making our incomes. Now we're renting our house out, and we can turn around, and that lets us rent over in Maui, and the kids are doing homeschool or you know remote learning. So wh- why would I need to be in California? And you'll see that all over the place. All over. In, in the smart states, like your Nevadas and things where there's um, the tax rate is a lot lower. You're going to just find people continuing to go there in droves. It's related, but I got to ask you guys a question because it, uh, it's been posed to me. I've tried to think about it. I'm curious your guys' thoughts, though. What is it about people, though, that so they move, right? Because they, they look around and they say, this is a joke. The feces, the, the homelessness taxes, all that. I got to get out of here. So they get out of here. They go to an Arizona, they go to a Nevada, and they still vote for the same junk. You know, it's, um, I'm going to hit a little peg here and don't, don't be mad at me. But after World War II, Uh when we won, um, the allies had to re-educate the German people on democracy and republic and all that kind of good stuff because it had been indoctrinated into them that they were not going to change. We really needed to teach them how to be model citizens again and all the good stuff. We're, we're, we're not doing the re-education because it is looked upon as a bad thing in any aspect of re-education. So what you're saying then is because because that's not occurring, you're saying they they literally don't have the feedback loop, and can't certainly can't develop it. Certainly don't currently have it, and won't develop it themselves to say, "Wow, I just left all this junk." Mm-hmm. Maybe it's what ultimately got voted in that caused that junk, so I should not vote that in. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a more re- um, current explanation. Remember. Um, Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner. Of course. Okay. When he transitioned, he he came out and said, you know, he's going to continue voting Republican. I remember this. And the, the transgender community kind of looked at him, her, and said, 
why? I mean, you, you, they don't respect and do the things that you're talking about. He goes, that's the person I am and the values that I hold. He didn't change because whatever. He's the, still the same person inside or woman. And he don't care. But that's fundamentally, that's who he is. It's just I, the disconnect I have is in that situation, if the person you are and what you value created a world of junk around you that you realized I need to get out of, I that not causing you to think like maybe I'm holding some things true that just aren't true? I don't think that's the reason why they leave. I think okay. the reason is a friend of mine in Idaho said there's Californians coming in droves to his state neighborhood to ruin it. I think they go to Idaho and they're like, whoa, man, my, my dollar goes a lot further here. They don't consider why it doesn't go further in California. That's what I'm saying. They go, it's gorgeous here and beautiful. I'm going to, let's move to Idaho, right? And then they get to Idaho and they're like, oh man, look at all these dumb laws. Back in California, we had, back in Cal, you, you get that with people who go to different employers. Back when I was over at this employer, we did it this way, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and then they criticize all the things going on at their new employer, right? They enjoy the fact their dollar goes a lot further in this new state. They don't take a second to realize why it didn't go further in their old state. That's the part that I don't... You, you, I know you're right, but that's the part that's hard for me to... like. They don't have any sort of introspection or review of, wow, what might have caused things to get that bad? Well, and, and most people, I think you'll find, don't think past the superficial layer. They don't go super deep and, and look at, I think homelessness is a good, good, uh, good example. So many people default to, there's just not enough services and it's a mental health thing. And they don't take a second to look at, okay, but how did we get here? And what are the policies that got us here? And why are there all these mental health issues? And why are all these, these substance abuse issues? And, then it's, well, maybe there's a housing issue, right? And then it's, well, uh, people own houses are millionaires, right? There's not a, why are houses so expensive? Like, you got to keep, this thing is so deep and so multidimensional, you have to keep tearing it back. And most people don't care. They don't. It's true. Uh, I'm wanting something to be true that just isn't and won't be. I think that's my my frustration the only people who are going to be left in the state are the people who can't afford to go anywhere else yeah it's the Mm -hmm. people who have enough money assets and resources to shield themselves from the ramifications of their decisions and the policies they vote for because they can continue to build their hedges high enough wide enough far enough away from their house so that the blm protesters or fill in the blank won't and can't get to them or people that just consider living somewhere with great weather and the beach I mean, is just, that's the premium you pay. Does it scare you that the conversation that we just had is the same, same exact uh, footprint of all communist nations where the wealthy people left. They got on their right. horse, got out of Dodge. They ran. The, re- then, the remaining became your government. <laughs> then you're, uh, you got the brain, the brain drain and everything going along with it. And then eventually we're stuck with dictators and promising that they're going to fix whatever they broke. Well, I, I can take it back to episodes we did a long time ago where we talked about Gavin Newsom being heralded or hailed in a 
the new the history children's books. book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And he was the governor that loved everybody or a uh, mayor that loved everybody in San Francisco and let everybody marry. And he, put him right next to Martin Luther King. <laughs> yeah. And there's an entire segment of the history book dedicated to him. He's clearly, uh, <laughs> I don't know why we're propping up people like him, right? He, he's not a historical figure. He doesn't belong in a history book. He's just another politician. Oh, and by the way, you can indict a sitting governor. <laughs> it's happened many times before. Just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, don't Ooh. hold your breath. Let's but don't forget, on. we're talking about Barack Obama, who won the Nobel Prize for in nothing his, in his first. Was that his first year? Yeah, yeah. Oh. for absolutely oh, nothing. Oh, okay. I think it was his first week. What he was going to do. It was an anticipatory Nobel Prize. He holds Prize. the uh, world record for uh, for a Nobel Peace Prize winner with the most bombs he's dropped on uh, mm. people. Yeah. So one thing I do like about Trump, he hasn't actually started a war to get us into anything. So which he was pretty upfront about and when could, he ran. And, right, it's like we got we got we yeah. pay for too many countries' defenses. We do too much stuff out there. And kudos for him for arbitrating that uh, that deal. Right, which barely got any sort. You had to read like the right news sites to know that he, he, that he did it. Yeah, between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, yeah. you know it's uh, interesting when it comes to revenue generation in the state, and I've been a big champion of this for a long time. When I was an undergrad, I did a project that looked into the benefits of sports booking in California. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at the time it was some ridiculous amount that uh it was like the majority of sports booking in Nevada actually came from Californians and it was estimated like a billion dollars a year wow. was leaving California and being wagered in Nevada there was a bill once the supreme court allowed all states to do it a couple of years ago like 2 years ago California has been kicking back and forth and mulling allowing it here and then in June it kind of the whole thing stifled out in Sacramento but even now, they estimate $700 million in revenue, almost a billion dollars in revenue in sports booking if we just allowed people to bet on sports Now, here. if we could just get some sports going on. Right. I've been watching these things. It's kind of but what, not so fun. Prior to COVID yeah. and ignoring COVID, eventually we'll have sports back online. What is the hang-up? We allow cannabis. We seem to be progressive in a lot of the other vices. Why... Why won't we allow sports booking? Like, why aren't we looking for other forms of revenue generation outside of taxing? That's what I can't figure out. My, my is first... it just easier because we wave a wand and we take it from people we don't care about? Which is funny, right? Because to Bobby's point, all numbers and past precedents would suggest we better care because when there's a hiccup, we got a huge problem. So they need to be treated with almost reverence and coddled, right, to stay. The only thing I can come up with, some sort of back backroom deal or something with uh, uh, the Indian casinos, with the current establishment and avenues for betting in the state, right? Well, that's what happened with slot machines back in like 2004 or something, okay. was the casino, the Indian tribes got together because the racetracks and the card rooms wanted to add there slot you, machines. There you go. And they put like 30 million into that and sunk it. Right. But the Indian casinos don't do sports booking either. 
Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. You either got to go offshore, you go to Nevada. I think there's like a handful of states. It's like Atlantic City. So New Jersey was always one you could do it in. Nevada. I think Oregon was a weird one. Oh, and right. like Montana. There was like huh. some fourth weird one. Interesting. Um, but then the SCOTUS said, hey, anyone can do it now. I don't. It's another it's one. Untapped it's another head money. scratch. Ben. Let's, I don't know. Let's do a rundown really quick. <laughs> music again. Oh, the rundown yeah. time. Yeah. Do you have music? music? I don't have it. Oh, I remember? What? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I got music for you. Oh no, that's terrible. Hey, there we go. That'll work. So, you may have heard federal appeals court upholds shutdown of California's gun magazine ban. Yeah. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, in a two-to-one panel decision today, upheld a lower court shutting down of California's gun. A gun ban of magazines that holds more than 10 rounds, the so-called large capacity magazines. Which is really just a standard capacity Correct. magazine. But yeah, the, the, let's get rid of the marketing well, we, terms we've, here. We've whittled it down to a California magazine, yeah. but the large cap is actually the standard cap. Can I can I make one comment about that? I was in a different state a couple weeks ago, and I heard someone in a gun store ask, so what kind of uh, magazine can I get? And the guy's response, how big do you want? (laughs) And and I'm like, I have not heard that answer in a very long time. 100-round drum. Oh, Oh, no, no, he was serious. He's like, now it might be a little awkward, but, you know, you could do a 50 or a 100. (laughs) Oh, let's see here. Uh, The decision in the case of Duncan versus Becerra held a district court decision for summary judgment against the state of California from March 2019. The law barring LCMs as currently amended was a result of Proposition 63 in 2016. Because of this lawsuit initially filed just before the newest iteration of the LCM ban went into effect, the state has been legally adjoined from actually enforcing it now, the Ninth Circuit says it should never have been able to. The law, if applied, would have de- uh, demanded confiscation or destruction of the tremendous number of previously legal LCMs in the California in Californians' hands. Uh, the district court had decided there were no genuine disputes of material facts that Section 2, I'm sorry, 32310 violates the Second and Fifth Amendments in the United States Constitution and ordered summary judgments for the LCM owners who were suing the state. Yay. There's one win. Yeah, hooray. We've got one down. Well, we got nine conservative judges Yes, in the Ninth Circuit now. So, well, we have more than that, arguably, but uh, Trump himself has put nine... Yeah, that's what I meant. So that's, I think, one of those things people don't understand that's been sliding in Mm -hmm. over the last four years. And these are fruits from that. Yes. So there are, I'm going off the top of my head, 29 justices overall from the Ninth Circuit, and nine of them are now Trump Trump, uh, nominees. Trump mad bad. Yes. So there's hoping, and there's probably a good possibility that there will be more in the future. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to wait and see what happens on that. So, next one. Put people of color on California boards or pay a $100,000 fine, proposed law says. We talked about this when they mandated you put a female on your board. The wedge. To your point, the wedge. And we said, well, why stop there? And the state just said, you're right. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for that idea. (laughs) Because we're all equal. 
Ah, screw it. We'll put it on the uh, proposition <laughs> and put affirmative action back. Okay, Assembly Bill 979, which would compel public corporations headquartered in California to increase ethical representation on their boards of directors or face fines from the Secretary of State. Ethical representation. Don't you love how they speak as if they are the moral authority on what ethical is? It's like by that very definition, we're saying this because we know what is ethical and what isn't. Oh, okay. If the bill is signed into law, publicly held companies without a director from an underrepresented community could face fines between... 100000 and 300000 according to the office of Assemblyman Chris Holden of Pasadena. One of the bill's sponsors, of course. Mm, mm, mm. We love this guy. Tinger Wiener. Tinger Wiener? Who's Which one? No, Holden. Oh. No, 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 Holden. His name is Holden. Uh, it wasn't Ting or Wiener this time. <laughs> Apparently, they're busy. I could see either Ting or Wiener being a sponsor. Correct. Of that Apparently, they're very busy with their lives <laughs> right now. They cannot do anything. Uh, where did I leave off? About- what, what was the bill for um, requiring a Christian to be on your board? Oh, oh yeah, no, that that's <laughs> never going to come. By the way, so keep going. Uh, Only about, certain certain things. About three years ago, Assemblyman Holden said he sought legislation that would have increased representation among Silicon Valley corporations. Quoting, We've decided to bring back, bring it back and focus on it and broaden it so that it's not just Silicon Valley or on tech companies, but it would be inclusive of all corporations headquartered in the state. He said. The bill's current language defines underrepresented groups as African Americans, Hispanics, and Native Americans. Again, they they have some sort of authoritative position on what it means to be underrepresented. I'm actually really surprised that the woke group didn't come out and say this list of underrepresented yes, groups is far too small. Exactly. Where are my Ex- attack helicopters? Exactly. Okay. Where is the alphabet soup of all the things? Yeah. Can a white can the white group? The Anglo-Saxon Caucasian group, can they be underrepresented? Uh, it depends. Like, on, what if the board was well, majority on. of not white people? Depends on your subcategory group here. There. Okay. Right? Okay. You got to get really into the alphabet soup that John was talking about. Okay. What if you're half something? How much counts? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, because it's that ridiculous. It is that ridiculous. It is that ridiculous. And I don't know of any self-made person with an ounce of respect in themselves that wants to be the token. That's what I'm saying. I'm here because I'm the female. Like, nobody, no professional female I know wants to be a part of something because they had to be because of a law. A professional one? <laughs> Probably not. Nothing yeah. lifts your non-professional? They would not. Uh, they would be okay with taking. So, what did you do to get hired? Oh, I was born female. Uh, I was walking in front of the Wait, corporate sure. office building. And, are you uh, talking about Kamala Harris? There's that too. Okay, just checking. Next one. Uber CEO says its service will probably shut down temporarily in California if it's forced to classify drivers as employees. Uber. And rival Lyft both have about a week left to appeal a preliminary injunction granted by a California judge on Monday that will prohibit 
the companies from continuing to classify their drivers as independent workers. Following the order will require Uber and Lyft to provide benefits and unemployment insurance for workers. California's Attorney General and three city attorneys brought the lawsuit against the companies under the state's new law, Assembly Bill No. 5, that aims to provide benefits to gig workers core to a company's business by classifying them as an employee. In his decision granting the preliminary injunction, the, the judge rejected the notion that drivers should be considered outside the course of the company's business, calling the logic a classic example of circular reasoning. I take a lot of Ubers. Mm. I've yet to come across a driver that wanted to be an employee. Even reading across the internet, most enjoy the freedom of being an independent contractor, making up their own time. They don't wear a uniform. They don't answer to anybody. They they keep their money. They do their own taxes. I've yet to meet an actual driver that's like, yeah, man, I want to be an employee. Or someone that doesn't see through the, well, there, there will just be less of us. Right? I mean, like, <laughs> if you've got to pay benefits to employees, you're just going to have less employees. I mean, California just can't handle the freedom. That well, it comes down to when we were talking earlier in the week. It's the cab companies yeah. and the unions. Yeah, I, I mean, that's who's trying to crush Uber. And they're trying to make you think this is what the drivers want. And I've yet to meet any driver that actually wants to have a boss and a show-up time to work and everything else. I made the argument when we talked about AB5 that this was the state putting their thumb on, uh, on it and saying, our licensing system means something and you better fall into line i can't see any other rationale where we have a proposition coming up i believe it's number 20 or possibly 22 i've forgotten which one it is we're we're pretty much giving these ride shares and other app like gig workers and it and exolving them from the ab5 because it was really stupid. Carve-outs. Carve yeah. They're carving them out. It doesn't re- doesn't roll back AB5. It's still on the books. And I hate all these... It was classic bad policy. Yeah. They had tunnel vision on one thing, and they had zero clue, this is how pathetic they are, of all the other gig jobs they were affecting, like the stay-at-home mom who blogs and can make some money. And then she straight up told by Loretta Gonzalez... Yeah, Lorena Gonzalez. Lorena Gonzalez who is the author of said bill out of San Diego, that's not a real job. Do you still have that clip? <laughs> like, seriously? I might have to look oh, for it. I might. It's so bad. It's terrible. We'll bring that one afterwards. Um, police unions come out against Garcetti's plan to shut off utilities at <laughs> L.A. house parties. Imagine that. It's the party, yo. What a loser. Oh, they're against, you know, foregoing people's basic human rights of having Garcetti is a loser oh man they and they wanted to put him as president give me (laughs) give me a break okay here we go he looks like Phil Dumphy the LAPD Mm. um, the Los Angeles Police Protective League is pushing back against Mayor Eric Garcetti's attempt to crack down on large gatherings at homes by cutting off utility services the union says officers should be focused on crime and not policing local house parties Mayor Garcetti keeps trying, uh, keeps tying himself into knots. 
He wants to reimagine policing so he should send his staff to turn off people's electricity and cut off their water and let people and let police officers deal with the rise in shootings and killings in the, in Los Angeles. The police union said in a post on its Facebook page. It's kind of a weird thing, but look, you you continuously want to make the police the bad guys. Well, I, I I get I get what the league is talking about. They're saying, look, people are using the argument that we should defund the police because the police are doing a lot of things that aren't really police work. So we should be using mental health and social workers and everything else to carry out things that the police have been stuck with. And the league is saying, in that same vein, you should be sending out City Electric and everybody else to handle this. You can't suddenly put this on the police plate. This is another one of those things that isn't our job. Yeah. How you're going to turn around and say uh, and actually defund LAPD by a, ju- a substantial amount, and then ask them to do this, and on top of that, ask them to do executive protection for all the city council members. I'm not saying it's right, but you know, you got all in Chicago now. They're just not answering calls. Hey, right. Monday, Monday uh, is the Democrat National Convention. And did you know there's a dedicated DNC channel on DirecTV? Are you serious? I just came across that today, uh-huh. and it's got the setup for you know the events. Basically. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Well, it makes uh, I guess it makes sense. Will they get do, a live will, view? Will they? Do I mean, you could do it on YouTube if you really wanted to. But but I wouldn't think it was an actual channel on a carrier. Oh. You know, anyone can stream anything on YouTube. Doesn't I mean, mean they should have is a it like TV C-SPAN channel. that's doing it? Or? No, no, it's the, the channel is called channel, DNC. Huh? Oh, interesting. <laughs> but. Um, the Minnesota police, they were, they didn't want to, you know, guard the convention. Yeah. yeah. They, they, yep. they came out and said, you're going to treat us like dirt? Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Good luck with all those Bernie bros showing up. Good luck to you. Don't blame them. Mm-mm. All right. That's it. That's it? So I did, um, I did find it. Mm-hmm. I did find it. Just, it's been oh, a while. Oh, that clip. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's too good. We got to hear it again. Here we go. So we want to ask, you know, what do you have to say sure. to those freelance journalists, those independent contractors who were working sure. and have now lost their jobs because of AB5, your bill? First of all, it wasn't a job. These aren't jobs. These are freelance work, positions that may be three hours a month and it may be 300 hours a month. It was how they were and, supporting themselves. Not all, not all. Sometimes it was a site. Most, in fact, most people working for SB Nation, which is Vox, which is a highly funded news organization, um, were doing part-time blogs. I can't even begin to comment on the level of arrogance required <laughs> to make the commentary that she did. It wasn't even a real job. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> These people are supporting I know I'm talking themselves. to a reporter right now, but, <laughs> but it's not a real job. Okay. Just saying. Those weren't real jobs. Big news. Wow. Terrible. Oh, fun. Okay. Uh, from the Orange County Register, public health leaders in California nationwide leaving jobs amid pandemic pressures. Nearly a dozen state and local health leaders, including a pair in Orange and San Bernardino County, have retired or resigned since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic under the crushing responsibility of serving as an often vilified public face in the fight against the virus. 
The departures in California mirror a a nationwide trend in which dozens of top health officers have left formerly low-key positions after they were thrust into the white-hot, polarizing spotlight of the coronavirus pandemic. Although some of the officials simply retired, others became casualties of burnout, death threats, social media ugliness, and lack of political support. There are different motivations in each case, and some may even have been planned retirements. Kat DeBurr, Executive Director of Health Office, uh, Health Office Association of California, said of the officials in California, but I can say that the burnout has been a factor in most, if not all, of the res- resignations. The latest high-profile departure occurred last Sunday, August 9th, when Dr. Sonia Angel, director of the state public health officer of the California Department of Public Health, abruptly resigned in the wake of a data glitch that caused a delay in reporting hundreds of thousands of virus tests, information used to make decisions about reopening businesses and schools. So she just up and quit one day. And have we heard yet? Why? I mean, I, it was still vague when it happened. It continues yeah. to be very vague. That's what I It gathered. was actually just kind of a Twitter post, like, I'm done. <laughs> By the way, yeah, good see you luck. Later. Yeah. You guys made Peace this out. mess for yourself. See you later. And it, yeah. it's really, it really falls onto the lap. Lack of leadership on part of now, the state. Oh, yeah, now who would, be the lead, who would be the leader in this case? <laughs> Isn't that fascist Newsom himself? The Fuhrer. Oh, my mind Fuhrer, I forgot. Yes. Hmm. It's it's gotten to a point where it's it would be laughable if it wasn't so sad. We were the apple of the eye for COVID response according to nationwide uh media. Now we're the worst of the worst. And I have to believe that the numbers were actually skewed beforehand. You mean, right, right. You mean because of whatever factor, testing or reporting or what have you, mm-hmm. we were artificially looking good. I think she resigned because the numbers were from long ago, not recently. Okay. Whereas we were purposely hiding yep. the numbers. Right. And trying to be the media darling that we were. And that's what she looked at those and said, I better get out of here before this becomes a big story. If that's true, granted, this would all depend on near term or future full transparency of the numbers. But if that's true, then we're going to see some bad numbers coming soon. No? I don't know. If, if we ever I mean, see them, is your point. We may, ne- we may never see the real. We're already over 600,000 cases. I, I don't know, and I, but at this, it, it's it's a it's a fun game where this gaslighting occurs. We're we're not supposed to be mad at California. Remember, media darling. But we're supposed to be mad at Trump. Supposed to be mad at Trump, oh, and supposed to be mad at Florida. Most it's a, it's a never forget always Trump man bad, orange man bad. So yeah, I I really don't know what. What's going to come of this? It's it's just it's just kind of dopiness all around. And I, I've I've been saying it since the very beginning. All the data is garbage. Uh, yeah. 
It was collected poorly in the beginning. It continues to be collected poorly. And we keep making gigantic policy decisions on the bad data. Would you uh, would you agree that it can? It's even it's sometimes worse than that because then the data is molded into and crafted into whatever message they want to support happening. Well, you just look at stats one hundred one, just data in general. There are so many factors that go into analyzing this data, and when it's given to the common person via the news it's very easy to skew and to hype everyone up. You know, a a common one I'm thinking of just off the top of my head is that I think we've gotten to a point where a lot of people aren't getting tested, like unless they really need to be tested. Sure. And you will artificially have more positives if somebody feels like they're sick or something and they go get a test or they're in the hospital already and they get a test and it's like, well, we tested 150, we're positive. Well, it's classic adverse selection. Yeah, exactly. It's not a representative population sample. It's a sample of the people that were probably likely to be positive to begin with. And then you've got maybe the negative tests where it's just a simple, you're, you're testing a single point in time. You could test negative right now, and then you could get it in the parking lot. Right. The testing's terrible, but we keep clinging on to this. What we have stopped looking at is the mortality rate. The mortality rate is ridiculously yeah, low. That's the only thing I care about. How many people survive when they get it? Right? And, and even in that, we can surmise that there is a greater amount of infected people than we will ever know. Sure. Which sinks the mortality rate even further down. And then we can also extract the amount of people that are being marked as a COVID death when they probably weren't. And for example, look, I know the flu gets used a lot in comparison, but it, it works here too. When they report the numbers of, flu, of the flu per year, it's not like everyone that got the flu got into a reportable situation, right? So the mortality rate of the flu is probably worse than it actually is. Because if I got the flu and I had to stay home from work for four days to get over the flu... No one knew about it. Who who knew? Right. Here's, Here's some numbers for you to crunch on. Last Friday, we reported 7,934 new cases. That's quite a bit. However, it was announced that 4,429 of those cases were from previously reported data backlog. See? Boom. So. And so this is, this is the BS part of you have to have 14 days of consistent whatever in order to get these phases sure. move forward. But so much of these numbers are coming from weeks ago. Yeah, so there's no, there's no consistency it's, it's an, to it's it. It's not an isolated slice of the no. of two weeks. Yeah, the governor reported that the state saw a twenty percent decrease in hospitalizations over the past uh, fourteen days. So you can't really fudge the numbers for the hospitals. I suppose they're either got beds or you ain't got beds. But the big thing is, is that they usually don't have beds anyways. That's true. Like I was, I was thinking about this the other day. I read some article or some stat that talked about how uh, inundated the emergency rooms were in LA County. 
just working on an ambulance in LA County for a long time, almost every hospital you go to, we waited hours for a bed to offload the patient we we're bringing in from our gurney to a bed. There's an actual term for it in LA County. They call it emergency room saturation or EDSAT. And we have a term for it in the field. We just casually refer to it as holding the wall. You're just holding the wall up the entire time waiting for a bed. This happens daily in LA County. All the ERs are always filled. So they use it as a term to ramp everybody up on the evening news when those of us who actually have been a part of the system understand, well, the ERs are always full. ICUs are always full of people. Like, they're designed to operate at those capacities. It just really helps in a narrative now oh, 100%. to mention that ER beds are saturated. There's a whole system. Um, we have this in Santa Barbara, but in LA County, it's even more robust. There's a system called ReadyNet. You have it on the computer in your ambulance, and dispatch centers have it, and it shows the status of every hospital in the county, and it shows you on a real-time basis whose emergency room is closed to new patients or not. I mean, it happens so often. There's an entire computer system that you look at and say, oh, I can't go to uh, St. Joseph's in Burbank because their emergency room is closed, so I'm going to go to Glendale Adventist instead. That We don't deal with it in our county because it's small. Even though we do have that system, it's just everyone's always open. But in L.A., like before you transport a patient at a 911 call, you actually have to look and see if the hospital's open. Wow. And if that one's not, you got to go to another one in that catchment area. This, there's a whole system for that because it happens every day. So uh, I'm just kind of over the, oh, my God, the ERs are falling apart. They're full of people in here. They always are full of people. There's a new warning coming out from the director of uh, the CDC, Dr. Redfield, said that the pandemic paired with the oncoming flu season could create the worst fall from a public health perspective we've ever had. End quote. Ever? Probably. Ever. Ever. So, since we haven't really stopped shutting down, what's the game plan? What do we do? Do we run? Do we hide? Am I, along those lines, pure, pure opinion, based on everything we've kind of been throwing on the table. Do you guys think starting, let's say, mid-September, late September, we see back to a full lockdown? Given the optics of the election, does that do anything by blue state governors to further help? I just don't know what the end game is. We could not control it through the spring or the summer. We're going to say it's going to get out of control in the fall. So then why would we have it back under control by next spring? And then what are we going to just drag this out for years? People can't work for years. Like, But again, it'll be all better when the vaccine comes. Right. Yeah, sure it will. <laughs> yeah. I just do wonder, given, given that statement right there about the flu mixed with COVID and it being fall time, election time, do they use that as an impetus to just... That's a little conspiratorial there. Well, I keep going back to what do we do next time? Right. There will be a next time. There's so many Are we going to just shut down for a year at a time? Like, 
There's so many cases right now. 3,000 of them just said it right now. It, it's not going to go away. No. Look how, look how long we've been locked down. And I use those air quotes pretty handily. And I think, by and large, it's totally anecdotal. Most people seem to be following the rules. When I'm out and about, and I, I go through a couple different counties every month, most people are wearing masks. They're the one-off person that fights with the Walmart employee because they, they want to enter without a mask. But when I go to the grocery store, when I go to these restaurants, when we go out, most people are adhering to the rules. You know, I there's not like these giant swaths of people that just aren't wearing them, and that's the problem. I, so if this is, I, I have to assume we're at the best we're ever going to be. Right. Okay, that's fair. Right. It's not going to get better than this. And thus, if this with, is as good with, as it gets, th- then we got to deal with how to wrangle this. Right. I'm looking. I'm looking at the um, at the Google mapping of uh, all the numbers here of how many infections, and you know they obviously didn't account for the adjustment of current cases versus backlogged cases. Okay. Okay. So if I really kind of move this needle down, we're really, really at the at the bottom end of this uh, curve here. So we're, we're looking at numbers before June, before we had the second lockdown, meaning that we're done. We, the spike has happened and we're done. Can we reopen the gyms and the bars and still social distancing and still wearing your mask because you know, whatever, but can can we at least get these small businesses back open now? Can we? That's a real legitimate question. I I think at a certain point you just have to open the world back up. I mean, right? Um, exactly. Uh, Sweden, Sweden, Sweden style. Their numbers have been in decline I, since April, and they don't do anything. Even if their numbers were what ours are, they're at least living life. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you know, like oh man, the power went out at my place yesterday. It was like 100 degrees. I was dying. It was like a little, uh, little house on the prairie yesterday. So maybe you don't want to live life. Oh, <laughs> man. I couldn't, you know, couldn't go to anywhere else and enjoy yeah. life. Well, we're, we've got fire season in full swing now. Where do you evacuate these people to? You, you, don't have a, you don't have enough places to put them where you can space everybody out. You know? Well, it's funny how we haven't had that many fires, but it's probably because there aren't a lot of human beings out there doing stupid things. Could be. Well, well it's happened last year too. We're mm-hmm. getting into it now towards the end of summer. I mean, like he, there were some good fires yesterday, but that was lightning strikes. There's a lot going on in the state. You just don't know about. I mean, they still got the one going in Castaic. So is that the last topic? That's the last topic. Whoa. Here. Can I, um, yeah, we talked a little bit offline. I was going to read you guys a little, take a take a couple minutes and read you a little preview because I think our intent, correct me if I'm wrong, is to do another ballot sort of yeah. episode because yeah. we're going to be voting in November, so we'll review the ballots. But you know what that caused me to do is kind of dive back in. We did that episode a while back; it was pretty popular about looking at the various voter guides through mm-hmm. the last three three decades, four it's decades. Always my favorite episode. It's cool. Well, I kind of got the idea. You know what? We're coming up on a presidential election year. What if we were to just start doing this idea of let's just look 10 years back, right? Let's look at the part at, and 
because we're the podcast we are, let's look at the Democratic Party's platform just 10 years ago and then in this current voter's guide for the upcoming presidential election. Granted, 10 years ago was not a presidential election, but nonetheless, it was the description of the Democratic Party. Okay. So the Democratic... Uh, sorry, this moved on me. I gotta give this me would be in 2010-ish? Uh, that's right. This is the 2010 voter guide. And it is 20... Here we go. The Democratic Party 2010. Again, this is 10 years ago. The Democratic Party is building a healthier future for our state and improving the quality of life for all of our residents. Okay. Fantastic. Democrats have long fought to create a vibrant economy, improve education, ensure public safety and national security, expand access to health care, protect a woman's right to choose, and help the struggling middle class. How is any of that happening now? Oh, okay. no. Please continue. Sorry. Ten years ago, Bobby. Yeah. Ten Water years ago. Water the bridge. California Democrats strongly supported President Obama's Recovery Act, et cetera, et cetera. I'll skip over just some details, but we believe in rewarding hard work and expanding opportunity for all Californians. Hold on. In, <laughs> in order to build stronger and healthier communities. We welcome decline to state voters to vote in our primary. In 2010, we support the following candidates. That's it. Okay, right? You get that feel... Obviously, some of it a little waxing eloquent because right. we know the Dems of 10 years ago, but that's their official statement. Okay. Here we go. 2020. Here we go. California Democrats are committed to fighting for working families regardless of who you are or who you love. We believe every person deserves to have a job that allows them to provide for themselves and their family. I, I, I think that they do take a point in caring who you love if it's a straight marriage. That's right. That's right. Just saying that. Okay, please. Californians should have access to safe, affordable housing and comprehensive universal health care. We believe in the labor movement and the collective bargaining rights for workers. Even police? We, we want to expand education and child care opportunities for youth. Our planet is facing a cri climate crisis. We must act now to secure our future. We will lead the fight against climate change and for a green economy. Everyone should have the right to breathe clean air, drink clean water, and enjoy our natural resources. We strongly support legal protections for our immigrant neighbors. We believe in the full equality of women and LGBTQ individuals. What about guys? No person should ever be subjected to bullying, harassment, assault, or discrimination because of race, gender, or gender identity, sexual orientation, physical disability, economic status, or religion. Unless the state does it. And no person should live in fear of gun violence. We are fighting for an inclusive and progressive future. We invite you to join our effort. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. Ten years. That's the difference in the two statements of the Democratic Party. Uh, Bernie Sanders has left his mark. It's amazing. He has left his mark. That's in 10... And if that's the last 10 years, does not bode well for the next. It's a nice teaser. Yeah. For the ballot prop episode. You know, um, I went in and created us a parlor account. I don't oh. know if you guys know about this. Do you know about it? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's Twitter, but not so dumb. Uh it's at at California Streaming. 
Really oh, easy to excellent. Yeah, amazingly great for claim. Amazingly, uh, nobody had claimed it before, so that's mm. uh, that's on us to have They're it. They're not as creative as us. Well, uh, if you're on Parlor, look us up. Uh, we actually have quite a little following going really? on. Yeah, I hadn't even announced it yet, and we have quite a few. It's cool. Bobby, little digital marketing right. genius. It's awesome. Thank you for listening once again. We know we had some delays, a lot going on these days. You can find us at calistreaming.com, C-A-L-I-Streaming.com, the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, before Fortnite gets them all shut down. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I, I, I found that story very funny. Yeah. Fortnite claims they hold monopolies on their app stores, and they don't like that. Maybe that'll be a future episode. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. That's how we get more followers is through your friends. And as we know, people are scared to talk about their conservative leanings. So here's a safe space. Safe space for California conservatives. Bobby, did you come up with a new tagline or are you going for Uh, I'm still telling people to wear your mask to mask yourself from the the video cameras. But, uh, you know... What, keep a keep a keep a stiff upper lip. I don't know what's going on out there. And Recall Bernard. Newsom for God's sakes. That's true. How about we say that? Recall Newsom going forward. It's a good all one. we got. It's a good one. Have a great week. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>